Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Jed Brown, founder of Low Season Traveller, and this week we're delighted to be joined once more by Avi Lugasi from Windows to Japan, which is a first-class operator of tours in Japan, whereby the objective is to allow their guests to discover the very essence of Japan. Our plan had been to record this podcast last week to really zero in on the low season travel experience in Japan, but alas, we quite naturally got carried away with learning about the unique culture of Japan in that episode, and indeed it's been receiving rave reviews since we released it last week. If you get the chance, please do give that episode a listen, as it really does give some fascinating insights into Japanese culture. So this week, we wanted to learn more about the specific destinations we can visit in Japan during the low season months, and we again had a wonderful conversation about what you can expect on your trip to this incredibly varied and wonderful country. Enjoy. So welcome to the Low Season Traveller Insider Guides podcast again, Avi. Great to have you on the show again this week. Pleasure to be here again. We enjoyed ourselves quite a bit last time. Yeah, we really did, didn't we? It was, um, <laughs> it was absolutely fascinating talking about the... Uh, the different sort of cultural uh, aspects of Japan and obviously this week what we want to talk about a little bit more is some of the destinations in Japan and some of the destinations which you guys at Windows to Japan feature um, and learn a little bit more about the the low seasons um, in Japan and, and how the experience is in the low seasons so I guess you know first off um, you know what 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 are the what are the parts of Japan for, for people that have maybe never been to Japan what are the parts of Japan that um, that we'd like to draw attention to that, that they should sort of certainly consider? So, um, talking about the highlights, or what we call in Japan the golden wood, golden. Um, it will start either in Tokyo or either uh, you land in Osaka. When I say Osaka, usually I mean you land in Osaka, but then you start in Kyoto, the tour. Yep. Um, because Kyoto doesn't have um, an, an airport. And I would suggest to anybody who comes to Japan to land in one place and uh, depart from the other. Okay. Otherwise, it's wasting quite a bit of time and money to go back to the same place. If you came in Tokyo and, and back to Tokyo, um, it's a waste of time and quite a bit of money because jumping on a train in Japan is not cheap. Yep. So um, doing that, um, so starting from Tokyo, uh, of course, uh, all starting from Kyoto. One thing that I would say here, which is very important uh, and very interesting point is, I usually recommend to start to land in Osaka and go out from Tokyo. That means you start in Kyoto and go out from Tokyo. And the reason I'm saying that, it's very simple. Three reasons. One, Kyoto is the tradition. Kyoto is the heart of culture and history and all the old tradition. And Tokyo is the modern, so you want to go from the old to the new. This yep, is the natural flow, right? Another reason would be, um, if you land first in Tokyo, it will look like another New York, another London, another big city. But if you start, and I think we mentioned that last time also, if you start in Kyoto and you learn about how special Japan is, and it is special, and how different, and the way of thinking, and all, all the, the uniqueness of the country, when you come to Tokyo, it looks like another London, but it's, it's, uh, you understand that it's something else. So your appreciation of the place really uh, goes up. And the third reason would be that in the beginning of a tour, you have more uh, energy and, and willingness and, and openness to, to listen and to learn and you know, to have all the hard core of history and culture and all that. 
And when, when you come to the end of, towards the end of the tour, you need something more casual because you, are, you already traveled for uh, one, two weeks and, and you need that uh, kind of more casual. And Tokyo is very good for that. Tokyo is a place that you, it's a lot less about uh, sights, but more about walking in the streets and, and seeing things. So I think this is the reason. Many times people say they don't have direct from where they are into Osaka. What we suggest is then fly to Tokyo and arrange already in your country the connecting flight to Osaka yeah. and then start there. The only uh, situation that I will suggest to start in Tokyo might be because of, of timing. So if you want to land on the cherry blossom, which is peak season, not low season, but if you want because of the specific timing, then you start in Tokyo and then uh, go to Osaka. I would say uh, with all what I said, there are still many people who do, who do start in Tokyo and, and it really goes well and, and they travel and they enjoy. But I think that way is, is really more natural and, and, and right. So um, I will start then. Uh, so you go from uh, landing in Osaka, yep. going to Kyoto for the night. Uh, Osaka is not a big destination for tourism. It's a lot of, uh, I, I, I tend to see Osaka as authentic urbanism, but it's very difficult to see that in a, in a way. Uh, people who like uh, nightlife and action and nightlife, that's amazing place. We have, for example, amazing uh, street food and street hopping um, uh, tour that we do at night. Uh, but generally we would say Kyoto, so then you spend a few, a few days. Um, and then uh, the way that it's uh, developed in different ways, but the way that we would go usually we'll go to Kanazawa, which is a small town up on the coast, have lots of tradition, um, um, geisha uh, quarter, there's a samurai quarter, lots of craftsmanship, yeah. uh, lacquerware and gold. And, it's very, and one of the most beautiful gardens in Japan is also in Kanazawa. And from there you could go actually across Japan uh, through the mountains, through the Japanese Alps, uh, into a village called Shirakawago. That village is a touched roof houses which is a world heritage because of the culture there. Mm -hmm. It's one of the only, um, I forgot the word in English, matriarchal, yeah, matriarchal society that used oh. to be until quite late, very strong matriarchal society, but also the, the houses are very unique. Um, the snow there before the global warming could come up to uh, eight meters uh, winter, six to eight meters. So. They wow. build the houses in very specific way that they will not, they could hold that and, and the snow will um, fall down. Yeah. Fall down. Very picturesque place. And then not far from Shirakawa. So it's a day that you go from Kanazawa to Shirakawa and continue to Takayama. Again, small town in the middle of the Alps. Uh, the uniqueness of this town is again th mainly three small streets that really you feel like you went back into the samurai era. So it's that period of, of uh, time, uh, the streets are uh, preserved. And, and then through the Alps, you could go uh, to Hakone, which means you will go um, around uh, Mount Fuji. So all the world, there are some beautiful roads. There were some of the most beautiful roads in Japan. You could even uh, self-drive that if you want. Um, uh, go up, and Hakone is not far from Tokyo also, but uh, Hakone, the main reason is because of the uh, views of Mount Fuji, some volcanic activities, and also many people like to stay in a ryokan. Ryokan is Japanese traditional inn. Okay. Uh, that you can stay and experience the Japanese way of doing things. Uh, and then hot springs. So usually the ryokan goes together with hot springs. Not well in the towns, but in the, in, when they're in the country or in the special uh, hot uh, spring uh, towns. So you can have that. And that is a very important part of the Japanese culture. 
and then you finish in Tokyo, as I mentioned, uh, this kind of the, I just now drew what we call the golden route. Yep. Uh, you could add to that Hiroshima, mm -hmm. which would be closer from Osaka or Kyoto. So you jump on a train, you can stay overnight or just come, go and come back. It's one and a half hours on the bullet train, which is uh, quite convenient. So visiting Hiroshima, many people want to see that because of the historical aspects of it. Sure. But also this small island near Hiroshima called Miyajima, which is very interesting to see. Um, so this is more or less the golden route. So this is the, the solid classic. How, many how, times how, long do, how long does it take to do the golden route? Or how long do people typically take to do it? I would say minimum 10 days without 10 Hiroshima. Days. 10 days. That will be the minimum. If you go to seven days, you really come very tight to Tokyo, Hakone, Kyoto, maybe. So this is the bare minimum. So 10 days, two weeks would make it much nicer. And then there are all kinds of a side route from there that you could do. And of course, we can expand. Usually, we like to include some uh, off the beaten uh, spots. So you have the, 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 the solid uh, highlights, but then some off the beaten. And again, it really depends on people, you know. Some people say, I don't mind to go to India and not see the Taj Mahal, then, then it tells us that maybe they don't have to be into all the classics in Japan either. Mm. It, it, it's interesting, actually. We always say with um, you know, low-season travelers generally, the, the mindset tends to be, if the world turns left, low-season travelers will turn right. So if everybody's going to, you know, when you were saying Mount Fuji, I was just thinking to myself, I can't imagine that low-season travelers would want to go to Mount Fuji. I would imagine that Mount Fuji is the must do, you know, everybody goes to Mount Fuji. And I was thinking, I would imagine low season travelers would probably want to find somewhere else that's equally oh. beautiful, but not as well known. Um, um, you don't have to go to Mount Fuji itself. I mean, you see it from, see, from, yeah. from afar. I mean, some people ask us to, to climb Mount Fuji and I say, are you sure you want that? Because once <laughs> when you go on the mountain, it's not, you don't see the beauty of it, this is one. But yes. second, um, you can go just in a very specific time. Uh, there is a season you could climb it. And you just walk like you would walk in the most busy street in, uh, really? in London or New York. You just follow the crowds. That's what oh, you do. Yeah. And you follow the crowds for hours and hours. It's like, I don't know if you, you see, if you've been to Marathon. I was very surprised um, five years ago, I went Kyoto Marathon and I was just running all the time in crowds because yeah. there were like 16,000 people running there. And um, so this is what you do. Yeah. You walk in the crowd. So it's not that exciting. It sounds romantic, but it's not. Yeah. It's always, it always interests me as well. I think, you know, when we talk about, you, you know, you raise a really great point. You know, when people say that they want to go to, you know, whatever the big landmark is. So um, I don't know if it's Sydney Opera House, you want to go to Sydney Opera House, or you want to go to Mount Fuji, wherever else. And I, I always think exactly the point that you just raised is for me, the beauty is to look upon it. Actually, you know, to, to be there, you don't actually get to appreciate the, the beauty of it. You can only appreciate the beauty from afar. Um, yeah. And I always find it interesting because I'm, I'm always one who prefers to keep away from it just so I can, I can view it. You know, in Kyoto, we have, um, we have um, um, the Kinkakuji, which is the Golden Pavilion. It's one of the most um, uh, you know, iconic um, sites in Kyoto. And um, it's quite beautiful. It's very beautiful. But I tell people, you need to be ready. I really make them, when I guide them, I want them to be ready. I said, you're going to see something really unique, but be ready to walk like penguins. Because this is what it is. I mean, there are thousands of people, and you walk like that. 
and, and you wait for you in line to take a picture. Um, so some people say we, we can skip that. They see the yeah. picture and say, oh, it's nice, but we can skip. And some say we do want to see. So it really depends on the people. Yeah, it's true, though. That's, that's I think, you know, the, again, the essence of, of low season travelers and certainly from my own personal point of view is wherever the crowds are, I, w- I want to get away from the crowds. There is a very good example. I don't remember if we talked about it last time about the snow monkeys. Where no, but I've, I've seen these on a David Attenborough program. Um, so you see many times this beautiful picture of monkeys sitting in hot spring. They warm yeah. themselves up, yeah. right? And uh, they just don't show you when you turn the camera. So you see three monkeys <laughs> in, the, in, in, the, in the hot spring, and then you turn the camera and you see 300 people taking pictures. Of no, them. really? And it's really something that you need to know yeah. because the picture is very beautiful and you really want many people say, I must be there. But at yeah. the same time, they say, we don't like the crowd. So I say, maybe you don't want to be there because they don't show you the other side of it. And I've been there so many times. I've been there many years ago and you didn't see many people. But now these days, you really see a few monkeys and, and you yeah. see hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people standing there and taking pictures of them. It's so interesting. We, we've talked about this quite a bit recently on um, in tourism terms, because sometimes as a tourism industry, we've been guilty of, um, let's we say, misleading the public on certain things and it can be through creative photography it can be all kinds of things um yeah. but it's it's like the classic picture of the pyramids in giza i don't know if you've been there but they, they always take the picture of the pyramids and the sphinx from exactly the same angle and it looks yeah. like it's in the middle of nowhere and of course when you actually get there you are very right on the side of the city and it's, <laughs> it's all there sprawled out but on that one angle it looks like it's they're just like in the middle of an in the empty desert. Of the desert. Yeah, yeah. So but same uh, with the monkeys. You feel yeah. that you are there, you and the monkeys in nature, and it's not exactly the case. Yeah, that's no. fascinating to me because, like I say, I've, I've seen the, I've seen the videos of it, and I imagined, I, I, you know, again, and I bet most people do. I just imagined that there's probably you know two or three people there having a look at these monkeys and everything else. But yeah, yeah that's fascinating. Just on the subject of the of the hot springs. Um, a colleague of mine was was saying, um, you know, you should really find out more about onsens in Japan. That's mm-hmm. a big part of the the sort of you know the way of life and the the traditions. And tell me about the onsens. I, I know nothing really about them apart from that they are the baths, right? So again, the onsens are the hot springs. Now hot springs. Japan is is very active in uh, with volcanics. So basically, every place you you dig. Yeah. Uh, you will have a hot spring. It just depends how deep it is. And yeah. the one hotel in Kyoto recently uh, sent me a message and they were very happy because they said we, they dig down about two and a half kilometers and they got hot spring in the middle of Kyoto. And they're very happy because it's going to be in, uh, one of the selling points in the hotel. Yeah. Um, it's a big culture in Japan, uh, but I, I will say something to the Western uh, guests that are listening now. Hmm. One, you must be naked. Naked means completely naked, no bathing suit, no covers, nothing. It's men and women separate, but you have yeah. to be naked. Uh, by the way, there are some places where you can go together. <laughs> but yeah. uh, again, it will be completely naked. You need to be ready for that. And I know that many Westerners wouldn't like to do that. I found yeah. many guests. I, for me, it's very natural. I'm very happy to go in. But people feel with, uh, for, with uh, strangers and all that, they uh, don't want to do. Uh, second, Many of the hot springs will not accept people with tattoos. Ah, okay, now, if, really? If you have a small tattoo, you can cover it with uh, something. 
But otherwise, if you have a big one, many of them will not. There is a site now, I don't remember, but if you look for it, you will find site that uh, uh, have a list of uh, hot springs that will accept people without uh, a with tattoo. Not mm -hmm. many, but there are. It's a bit increasing because of the uh, number of foreigners increasing to Japan. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know. Uh, now you can have, if you go to York and you can, if, if you're on a higher end, you can have a hot spring in your own room. Many times you have an, uh, what we call Votenbo, which this is what I like very much, which is open one. It's not like enclosed. So you'll have it on your balcony. You will have it in the garden of the room. Or you can have what we call Kashigili or, or family, um, a family uh, uh, hot spring. So you go to a Ryokan and when you check in, you, you, you have a list there of time, uh, time slots, and then you, you lock the time you want and you go to the hot spring that it's just for you. So you yeah. will go in with your... Um, Maybe with the power, your partner, lock the door, you have your one hour there and then you go. Okay. Um, now, another thing which Japanese do, and we do it at home also, when we go into a bus, we actually, uh, the bus is not bubble bus. Uh, we, we wash uh, in the shower, we clean ourselves uh, very clean in the shower, and then we go into the water and it's just to relax. So there is no bubble bus, there is no movement there. Usually you go into hot spring to relax. So you wash yourself before you go, make yeah. sure it's soaps and all over, and you'll see Japanese do that. And then you go in, you don't go in directly. Ah, if you do okay. that, Japanese will be very upset. Yeah. So you have to clean yourself outside. So they say that you clean the body in the shower or outside, and you clean the soul when you sit inside the hot spring inside the bath. So it's, it's a kind of a, the inner, in and out. So the inner part is where you are in the bath and you are not allowed to go in with uh, with clothes also, you come naked. So also it's very important. Um, we are all the same. There is no high or, or low. And, and nobody's uh, come there to check each other's body. It's just you go to purely be with nature. And the way to do that is to be completely naked. Yeah. Not covered and not come as you came uh, and you meet nature in, in the most uh, direct way. Love that. Be, be quite. I must admit, it would be quite. Um, it'd probably be quite strange for. I think for certain societies, probably the UK, Ireland, even America, I would imagine. Uh, you know, the, the thoughts of stripping off completely naked in front of everybody. Yeah. Possibly, uh, they would find that challenging. But I guess this is. You know, this is all part of travel, isn't it? You've got to embrace. If you want to really understand the local culture, you've got to embrace it. You've got to jump in. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, so still uh, the other options to do the private way, uh, as I explained. Yeah. There is also something called Sento. Uh, Sento are uh, the public bus in towns and uh, the neighborhood goes there. And this is the center. So they go again into bus. They were different between Sento and Onsen. It's not hot spring. It's the city water. But okay. again, you have all these bus and you wash outside. And, the, and, um, and, and this is a very nice place to go as a traveler. And this is, I think, will fit the... Losses in travel are quite a bit. Kyoto has still a lot of that because Kyoto is very traditional because you go into where the, the neighborhood goes, where they go to take, but it's not that they don't have at home, but this is where you hear the small gossips. This is where you connect with the people in the neighborhood. Yeah. This is where you, you decide things for the community and so on and so on. So this is a kind of, a, a kind of a bonding place, like you would go to the pub in, in yeah. the UK but think about a very local pub in a small uh, village that everybody knows everybody. Same goes in the center in town in, in Japan. So you can go there and really enjoy that experience. It's a very local one. I was going to ask that actually. The, um, 
these gen in generally speaking these these onsens you're saying that this is where the japanese would sort of go to relax do they talk or is it very much you're, you're silent no no you can talk you will see yeah. people talk but they will not go you know over the all over the place and it will not be noisy they will yeah. talk unless you know you go to ryokan when you have this public one and people had dinner and they drank a lot and yeah. they came as a group and then they have fun so they will be a bit noisy but usually you're kind of relaxed and enjoying uh, more quiet it's not that you're, it's not meditation you don't have to be complete silent but uh, more on the quiet side usually again yeah. you 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 do see times and i i've been in those situation when a group of a, a company where went on a travel to that ryokan and and they were completely drunk and they came to the onsen to be together. And again, it's bonding or everybody's naked and they're going to the water and they're completely drunk. So they have fun. <laughs> uh, but usually it's quiet. Yeah. And yeah. then they will be friendly with you also, to you also, because when Japanese get drunk, they're very friendly. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Yeah. It was interesting. Actually, we did a, we did a podcast uh, four or five weeks ago now on uh, Iceland and Iceland. Okay. Again, they have this, you know, these kind yes. of thermal, um, thermal pools and baths. Um, and what they were saying there to us was this in the in the in the in the these kind of spa baths they were okay. saying that that basically everybody is equal and you mm -hmm. know in Iceland you could be sat in one of these thermal baths with the the prime minister or whatever and they were saying that everybody is equal once you're in the baths it's complete the, the society kind of changes anything that's from the outside is you know everybody's on the level is that a similar kind of thing in Japan yes yeah, yeah. the same idea is there yeah. Uh, so we are all uh, we are naked. We don't come with a fancy, you know, uh, covers. So um, we are older. Uh, so yeah, basically the idea is that. Of yeah. course, um, they will talk differently to each other, but uh, yes, the idea is, is this. Okay. So, so where where would we go next? So if we, you know, that's, that's a great a great About introduction decisions? would be that ten days kind of. Um, uh -huh. You know the, the the golden route. Um, what about anybody that's a little bit more adventurous, wants to get a little bit more off the off the beaten okay. track, so to speak? So there is lots of that in Japan, um, quite a bit. Uh, we don't have a map to show, but I'll give you an example. Um, if you look at the map of Japan and Kanazawa, I mentioned that before, the yeah. town after uh, Osaka. So uh, just above Kanazawa, right up north, there is a peninsula called Noto Peninsula. It's one of my favorite place, places in Japan. Uh, Noto Peninsula, for example, they decided uh, not to bring in any uh, Western brand. So you will not find McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken and all that doesn't exist there, even though you see it in, uh, all over Japan. Small fishermen villages, small hidden bays, beautiful coastline, uh, craftsmanship, deep, deep culture. Uh, beautiful, beautiful places there. So this is one of my favorite escapes. Uh, we send many times. You can also drive and then just stop in villages and that and, and meet people. And they're very, very friendly. Last time I've been there, the lady just said, wait a minute. And she went home and she said, look, I got these fruits coming down from the oh. trees. So here she gave me a full hand of that. Oh, and she bless said, her. You drive. Yeah. So um, this is one that I like very much. Yeah. One area that we work a lot with uh, local communities and we try to, um, to support is if we think about Tokyo, all the area north of Tokyo on yeah. the main island, Honshu, that area called Tohoku. From one point, it's called Tohoku. So north of Tokyo, I want to remind you that one area in that was affected, or some areas were affected very hard in 2011 with the tsunami and the nuclear incident. Yes. Um, 
So there are beautiful places, deep culture, uh, beautiful uh, nature, um, and, um, and beautiful place to go. This is one of the best places to go now uh, into off the beaten. Needs a bit of preparation because the distances are, are uh, great and then you want to know, you want to hit the right places. But this is a great place to go. Um, the other, so Japan has main, main island, five main islands, um, which are uh, Honshu is what we call the mainland. So this is on the north side of Honshu, Tohoku area, which has altogether six or seven prefectures that belong to Tohoku. And then you have um, Kyushu, which is a southern island, and Shikoku also. And so Shikoku and Kyushu are also, you go there and you are off the beaten track already. Really? So two main islands of Japan that are quite off the beaten and very easy to go there into uh, places that other, uh, you see much less tourists. So these are two. On Honshu itself, we have other, uh, many other places. There is a prefecture that I like very much that has lots to offer, but again, needs a good preparation. It's called Shimane. Shimane is, is, is famous for um, the mythology. So this is the, the birth, Japanese think about it, the birth of mythology is in Shimane. So, and, and you feel it, I mean, you need to know um, Japanese, I would say, but again, when you go there, and when I went there the first time, and I was quite amazed when the people talked, every time they relate themselves to the Japanese mythology, oh, wow. local, local traditions, local food, all the time was related somehow to the mythology. I mean, it's happened all over Japan, but very intensively in that area. And beautiful, again, uh, countryside and villages and, uh, and places that uh, you really want to come and see. So um, there is quite a bit. I mean, Japan has uh, even, uh, you know, out of Kyoto, I went with my wife uh, the other day. And before that, I went with my kids also uh, into the separate events. A very short drive from Kyoto, you, you, you hit the, the countryside immediately and you go into beautiful villages and beautiful places that, uh, uh, and Japanese are very, very open, uh, uh, very kind and very um, uh, open to, to to uh, foreigners in a way that they're welcoming. Uh, Japan is very safe and uh, even if they don't speak much Japan, uh, English, they will be very friendly in, uh, in um, welcoming. They feel also kind of um, personal responsibility for you to, um, uh, uh, to um, you are like their personal guest, this is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So they will be, um, uh, they will feel personal responsibility. So if, if you have something that uh, they feel that you are in a trouble, they will come out of the way to help you because they feel they, it's, it's their obligation almost. Wow, I love that. That's, and this is part of the nice things to travel in Japan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had so many get time guests, uh, uh, the, the, the um, Japanese just took them and paid the ticket for them and just jump return on the train to show them the, the place to make sure they get where they need to go. Wow. And it's happened to me as a traveler when I was many years when the first time I came to Japan. So, yeah, that's a, that's a nice touch, isn't it? Um, when you, you were saying before about these, um, and I, gosh, I meant to write it down. These um, these places that people can stay where it's it's very traditional, uh, sort of Japanese. What was the name of that again? Ryokan. Ryokan. Yeah. Ryokan. So the, um, the Ryokans are spread all over the country. I would not recommend never to stay in a Ryokan in Tokyo. There are some, but I wouldn't recommend it. It just doesn't fit the city's, the, the city's uh, uh, atmosphere, the, the mm -hmm. city's style. 
But yes, in the countryside, so many times they will be connected to uh, hot springs and this you will do it in the Japanese way. Yeah. So all the places I mentioned, famous for, uh, for hot springs and ryokan. So you go to Tohoku, the north part, lots and lots of hot springs, beautiful ones. Tohoku is also famous to quite a bit still uh, mix uh, uh, hot springs, so you go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, in Noto you have, and, and, and when you go to Kyushu, it's very famous for uh, hot springs. So uh, basically all over Japan. But yeah, when you go to the country, Ryokans and, and hot springs are all over the place. What's the, what's the then the accommodation actually like in a, in a Ryokan? What, try and, try and uh, describe it for our listeners just in case. I'm guessing it's very different from uh, you know, the main kind of hotels and stuff we have here. I, it's very different. Uh, one thing you need to bear in mind. Uh, one, you don't sleep on a Western bed. You sleep on what we call futon. So yep. generally speaking, Ryokan will be, a st- the structure of the building or, or, the, or, or the room will be the same in traditional way. So sometimes uh, Ryokans are a concrete building, but many times there will be a wooden one. But even if they are concrete, when you go in, it will be a, a wooden structure. So you have the tatami room, uh, the tatami floor. Tatami is kind of um, straw mats. Yes. On them, they put a futon, which kind of is a mattress. But don't think about Western thick, bouncy mattress. It's more like a big, think about the, the, the thickest um, blanket you use in winter in, in, yeah. uh, where you are. And this will be something like that. So, um, um, so some people have back problems. They shouldn't go, or not shouldn't go, they shouldn't use a futon. Uh, then the option is many times we have guests to ask for double to have two or three futons on top of each other. But um, now we have more and more ryokans that you can stay on. Uh, they have some rooms with beds. And many okay. times the, the way they do the beds is, is kind of low bed, which is still much, it's very comfortable and still keep kind of the, of the feeling of Japanese place. So this is one thing to remember. It's very important that uh, usually uh, ryokan you sleep on the floor. Another one is that uh, ryokan uh, dinner also included. So it's breakfast and dinner. Oh, okay. And uh, dinner is kind, it's almost compulsory. And it's very Japanese. Usually, again, depends on the level, it will be kaiseki, which is a multi-course, amazing uh, uh, dinner. It can be hardcore for some people. So if you have food limitation, you have to check that you go to a ryokan that can accommodate. Some ryokan cannot accommodate some food limitations. I'll give you an example. Even if you have, um, we have more and more people with uh, gluten uh, yeah. intolerance. Some people don't have it because of dietary, so it's okay, but uh, or up to them. But if it's a medical issue, even the soya sauce has gluten. Now, there will be some chefs in some of ryokans that say we don't change the, ryok- the, the soya sauce because it will change the taste of the food and we don't want that. Yeah. And they will not be able to adjust. Or they will do tempura. Uh, so I've been in a ryokan where, where they made the tempura with rice flour, which was okay. You know, tempura, you have the, the, the mm-hmm. butter that it's made of flour. Uh, and some will not do that. So um, some will be more um, easy to adjust to vegetarians, and some will not. Uh, because, you know, a fish will be a main, uh, of course, you will have fish and all that. Also, breakfast in many ryokans will be a Japanese breakfast with no other alternative, and you need to make sure you can handle it. Even for people who love Japanese food, Japanese breakfast can be a challenge. Really? Eating um, fried fish in the morning and, and rice and all that. Um, some of them have the options of Western or Japanese. So you need to remember that. But uh, I would say, allow yourself at least one night 
in a ryokan, because yeah. this is a very important to really understand the Japanese ways, and uh, it's really good uh, experience. It's really give you um, insight into something that it's very important in Japanese culture. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, we we did a podcast uh, again about a year ago um, from some of our friends in um, in Okinawa Prefecture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Okinawa for our, for our listeners' point of view is, is it, what is it about a thousand or two thousand miles away from the, the, yeah. the main sort of it's part. Cl- of Japan? It's, it's closer to Taiwan than to uh, to uh, Tokyo, for example. Wow, that's that's incredible, yeah. um, and it's. But the, we, they were sort of saying that it's kind of um, it's it sort of it, obviously it's Japan, but it's it's different, um, slightly different culturally at times to the rest of Japan. Yeah, um, this why I didn't mention. We do send people there, and this why I didn't mention it because the about off the beaten track. Yes, the uh, Okinawa can be that, uh, but um, it's a bit different than Japan. Right. Uh, so um, it depends. Um, if it's your first time, you might want to be in the main cl- parts of Japan to, to get a feeling of the Japan as Japan. And then you have a Hokkaido in the north that you could go, yeah. or um, Okinawa in the south. Uh, so, um, uh, but uh, both of them are a bit uh, different than Japan, especially Okinawa. Yeah. The, the culture there is a bit. Uh, the Okinawian, uh, the ok- Okinawa people originally are more connected to the Chinese culture. Yeah, interesting. And they also develop their own uh, kind of uh, own uh, unique culture there. Karate, by the way, was developed in Okinawa. Aha, aha. That rings a bell, actually. I remember from that uh, that American movie years ago, Karate Kid. And I think yeah. that right enough that was um, was set in in Okinawa. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the the best time of the year for low season travelers to travel to Japan. When do you recommend that, um, that people travel to Japan for the, for the low seasons? Okay. So, um, to mark the low season, I will mark also the high seasons and explain why. So, um, the biggest season in Japan is the cherry blossom season. So people come for the cherry. When you think Japan, you think cherry blossom before anything else. Um, and this happens in the end of March in the end of March to into April, in the main parts of Japan. Uh, of course, Japan is spread on a very long, uh, it's a very long stretch, so you can have even uh, until uh, May, end of May, up in the north in Hokkaido, uh, and earlier also. So end of, uh, end of March into, into mid, uh, more or less mid-April. This is the very, very peak season. So from that time into the end of April, it's a very peak season. Um, and the other peak season will be in the fall, which is more around uh, November because of the foliage, which is very beautiful season also. Now, if you really want to be off season, so first there are some ways to, if you really want to see the cherry blossom and you still want to stay a bit off season, there are two ways to do that. There is one specific place that has actually a specific area with cherry blossom that happened in, in beginning of March or even in February. Okay. So you could go there. It's not far from Tokyo. Uh, it's in the Izu Peninsula. So people can go there. It's a bit cold uh, that season, but I will talk about that uh, in a moment. And then if you go to deep uh, uh, north areas, I mentioned before Tohoku, 
uh, in a later part of April uh, and even Hokkaido into May. So you could go much later in April when there, it's not a very peak season, see the cherry blossom there and then come down to the more uh, busy areas and you, they will be less busy. Mm -hmm. So um, this is around the cherry blossom. Now, <clears throat> talking about the low seasons, one of my favorite low seasons is the winter. Uh, people think very cold, but if you don't, uh, we have different, uh, first, if you want to have one of the best powder ski in Japan, you go to Hokkaido, which uh, you will not be alone because many foreigners do come, mainly Australians. So you could go to Hokkaido or to uh, Hakuba, which is uh, Nagano Prefecture where the Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics in 1998. But then you travel with very little tourist around when you, when you do your ski and then you go travel somewhere. Um, and, and that is, and sunny day in Kyoto or in, in Tokyo or in the main areas, it will be very comfortable, very comfortable to travel and you will have so much fewer uh, tourists. And this is, makes a huge difference. Um, uh, I think if you will come from London or from New York, definitely the weather will be uh, warmer. Now, Japan, winter in Japan doesn't mean the rain. Originally, where men are coming from, winter means rain, not in Japan. Now we are in the rainy season, June, but the winter is not. So you do have quite few days that are uh, sunny or, or cloudy. I want to say something about that for the low season travelers or general travelers. Japan has seen, of course, because before the corona, a almost vertical growth of uh, tourism to Japan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking for many years, we, the Japanese tourism board was telling us, let's hit the 10 million. Let's, you know, combine forces. Let's have 10 million tourists in Japan. And then 2011, we had the, the crisis because of the, the tsunami and the nuclear after that. It was very, very low. 2013, it started. 2014, it started picking up. We reached 10 million. And then they were already, th and, 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 and they start thinking, looking into the Olympics. The dream was Olympics 20 million. 2015, we reached 19.8. Wow, wow, wow. So they reached the Olympic, sorry, in 2016, they reached the Olympic uh, target in 2016. Uh, last year, we're talking about uh, uh, over 30 million uh, tourists in Japan. I don't uh, remember the, the number right at the moment, but it was over 30 million last year. So they were going to go into the 40 million, as they said, for the Olympic. But Corona, of course, double so we're talking, about, we're talking about something very vertical. I see it all around. I see the, the number of new companies coming in. I see the numbers of hotels. I see, you know, what's the, I see all these communities, local communities coming to us and say, help us to get tourists. And many times I tell, I tell them, you should, you should be careful with what you are asking for. Because, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, is, that, is, that, is, there, is there a concern that... That, that this this growth, which you know is is just huge, is there a concern? Absolutely. Is there a concern that it could start to negatively impact the communities? I, I already feel that. Uh, mm. I can feel that very strongly in Kyoto. Uh, uh, the impact on the geisha areas because it became I call it the Disneyland of five afternoon because hundreds of people go to see the geishas when they will go from their house to to where they're going to entertain people and to take pictures and, and it creates a huge amount of problems with the local community there. And then the, niche, the market in the downtown, which is one of the most beautiful markets I ever seen, really a kind of, a, I see changing daily. 
how the traditional shops or the original shops stops and, and, the sh uh, and then you see every day you see shops for tourists. Mm. And, and the whole atmosphere changed. And people were talking about this. I think, again, uh, the authorities wake up always uh, too early in that sense. Uh, and, you know, we look at tourism as linear. Linear means as more tourists, we have more money and we have more hotel hotels. We look at it linear. They need to fill up the... More tourists mean I fill up the rooms. But we need to look at the quality also and what's coming up. And, and, uh, and they start missing on that. So there are some places affected. Uh, Kyoto is one of the main uh, places in Japan, but uh, yes, and you, you hear that also from the locals here. Mm. Uh, and I'm worried uh, a bit about the countryside. So the summer places in the countryside are really looking um, intensively on how to increase the number of tourists. We try very carefully when we can be involved to um, suggest that in, in ways that will not destroy the local uh, structure and the local communities. So we do see that. Um, and, and one of the ways is also to come in the, in the off-seasons. You will see a big difference on you when you come. As I said, you, don't have, you can go to the Golden Pavilion and you don't have to walk like a penguin. You, you yeah. can really enjoy and breathe air and, and see it without, uh, not through other people's uh, cameras and, and uh, cellular phones and all that. And, and uh, you can enjoy much better um, uh, the places for yourself. So winter is very good season. Again, you can you come with you know the high tech stuff that it's very thin and warm, keep you warm and you you extra layers and you can take them as you go. So this is a very good season that I really recommend. And what, when does winter sort of stretch from, really? When we say winter, what kind of months are we, we talking? We're talking from you know December, January, February into the first half of uh, of March. December can be a, a, a peak season, by the way, sorry. A peak season would be the, the new year, but it's a mainly peak season for, at the moment, a mainly peak season for uh, local tourism, domestic tourism, because it's a big holiday here. So the prices will not be cheaper because it's a very peak for Japanese over the new year to stay somewhere. And there is a holiday there. Yeah. Uh, another season uh, could be the summer. Now, summer is hot and humid. So you need to be aware of that. Um, some people are very sensitive to that, so uh, uh, you should be aware that it's also humid and, and it's a bit, uh, can be uh, challenging. The huge advantage of summer is the festivals. The summer is the, the festival season for uh, Japan. Uh, Japan in general have over 50,000 festivals a year. Wow. And summer is a big, big festival. And, and you know, if you come as a low-season traveler, and as you mentioned, low-season travelers, are, uh, the characteristic is they would like to go off the beaten, then choose a good festival. Because out there in the country, you can be almost alone with the local community that celebrate actually the core of their collective memory. And, and you can really, really touch that and enjoy that. And, and what happens in festivals, and I mentioned before about Japanese, they get drunk. And the Japanese way of getting drunk is getting closer to the, their gods. I will not go into all of it, but uh, getting closer to nature, getting closer to their gods, and the way that you release also the barriers between you and gods, but also between you and the people. Yeah. And this is where they become very friendly. And I, I see many times, you know, in, in, in our cultures, many times um, alcohol related to violence, but not in Japan. It's related to openness. So uh -huh. you, you drink and you get open. So 
we get friendly with each other and we are open to meet each other in a, on a different level. So you can enjoy really, really good time all over Japan. But in festivals, it's happened all the time. You go to a festival, you see that lots of, they have lots of uh, stalls, street stalls. And the, and the games they have in them are all kind of, kind of gambling. You, you, you hit something and you get a present. You, you try to catch a fish or balls or something and all the balls with a, with a paper yeah. uh, frame. So the paper starts melting because it's getting wet in the water. So you, as many balls as you can get. You, so it's kind of all playful and all that to, to all this atmosphere of everybody getting together and having fun. And uh-huh. this is amazing experience to have and summer is a very good time for that. Yeah. And many, many of our guests, you know, they have the uh, summer as their, the children holiday. And so we have people coming. You will have to adjust. You have to be careful. You have to drink well. Uh, you travel, you know, the main time of the day. Maybe they, if it's a very hot day, if it's a sunny day, then you might want to, um, to choose maybe visiting museums or indoor uh, experiences and, uh, and keep the outdoor experiences to the, you know, the early time and the late time of the day and so on and so on. There are ways around it. Um, and you can enjoy that, but uh, definitely. Oh, you know, you can also go into the mountain areas. Then you enjoy a cooler uh, breeze and, and the countryside there, as I said, above uh, Tokyo is an area, the Japanese Alps can be a good place to go um, and so on. So there are quite a bit places that you could go and, and be in uh, cooler temperatures. Hokkaido is very good for, uh, for that, but Hokkaido is mainly for nature. so. Uh, nature, less than classic Japanese culture. I mentioned that before with Okinawa. Uh, so it's also good to try. Um, so summer and winter are really good. Uh, another season, which is one of the most amazing um, season nature-wise in Japan is May. It's a shoulder season. It's not completely low season. It became a more shoulder season, but still much less tourist than in April. Uh, not the first week of, of uh, May, because the first week of May is the golden week, which is a one-week holiday in Japan, so it's very busy with Japanese going all over the place. You don't want to be here in that time, lots of traffic jams and all that, but right after that, everybody back to work, and beautiful season. They call it, uh, many times, part of it is called the new greens, so the new leaves coming after the winter, and it's very deep green and beautiful uh, nature, um, Actually, out of my window behind me, it's the mountains. I have mountain here and just mountain behind me and um, very, very deep green now. Uh, now we are in the rainy season. Yeah. So May is a very good season, beautiful weather, not much rain and a great time. As I said, it's a shoulder season. June is a low season, it's a rainy season. This year is a bit rainy. Usually in the afternoon, we get a big shower like in uh, Southeast Asia almost. Uh, and then it stops. Um, but it's also very few tourists, so if um, uh, it's another season to consider, I would say depends on the year, but we cannot know. Some years the rainy season is not rainy season, we say, wow, it's amazing time to travel because everything is green, it's, it's, uh, the temperatures are not high. The temperature will go high once the, 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 the rainy season will uh, stop. And the nature is beautiful, so it's really nice uh, also. Do, do the rains, you know, when we talk about the rain, because it, it, it does, it always fascinates me when, you know, if you look at places like, um, you know, in Thailand and parts of Southeast Asia, and the low seasons tend to coincide with, um, with the rains. And if the, you know, if the assumption is that you're not, you know, wanting on your vacation to be sat on a beach, you know, sunbathing or whatever, part of me thinks, 
you know, how, how much of the experience is eroded by rain? You know, I mean, you can, so, you can still have a good time. No, you know, you can still, you know, get to the heart of the culture. You can still yes. meet people, all of the, you know, the history and culture is still there. It's just, you know, bring Absolutely. an umbrella. <laughs> Uh, the, the rainy season in Japan, one good thing about it is not as um, the, the hardcore rainy season in Southeast Asia. It's yeah. not that in Southeast Asia it can be really that you don't see a meter ahead when it's, it's really pouring rain on a constant basis. Here it's really kind of um, year by year it can be very different. Um, and we do go out, we do have fun. I have, my, I have even a folded umbrella that it's, when I open it, it's, it's huge. It's like a golf umbrella, but folded one. Right. So I can have the whole family under one. So if I have that, I can quite a bit uh, uh, walk around. And, and really, you do still get many days that are not raining or raining just part of the day. Um, uh, they can be cloudy. There are less uh, sunny days, but uh, that means you also it's not overheated. Uh, so um, you, you can enjoy. It's not... Uh, but I, I, I always say it's people need to make their priorities. Some people are more sensitive to rain, some people less. Some people mm. will prefer colder weather than hot weather. Some people would say I prefer the hot weather than cold. One thing definitely, the experience in low season, especially with the numbers, this why it was important for me to mention the numbers before of, of the tourism to Japan, um, it's very different. And yeah. you really enjoy the place for yourself or, or with much less tourists or with Japanese tourists, which is very interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, uh, with more local tourism, because Japanese stay away. They know in Cherry Blossom, they don't want to be around the, mm. the, the tourist places because they know what's going on uh, in the recent years. I remember years that I would go to see Cherry Blossom and I would see many, many Japanese. And this, uh, in the last few years, I see less Japanese because it just, they, they will go to places that the tourists will not go. Mm. And if you come in a low season, you will see Japanese. And if you're talking about festivals, you'll see the Japanese there. Uh, celebrating and, and this is uh, amazing and uh, I see many Japanese now traveling because of the corona but you know the, the, the rainy season for them they will go and travel. I think it's fascinating as well the the I'm so glad that you talked about the festivals because um, whenever you know I've traveled in the past to different countries more than more by accident than by design you know I found out that there's you know a local festival on down the road so last time I was in the Basque country in Bilbao there was a festival going on in a neighboring town of Bilbao and um, and I went along to it and I learned so much about the traditions it was it was utterly fascinating and of course I was surrounded by just by local people and the you got a sense of the local pride and um, it felt like I was you know I was part of that little Basque community uh, for that particular day and I think it's I think it's a wonderful um, it's wonderful to get involved with these festivals when you do travel and I think that again it just seems that most of those festivals around the world tend to be during the low seasons as well, which is great for, uh, for our travelers. Uh, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. And, and in Japan, it's even, uh, you multiply that because it's not just you want to come in, they want you to come in. Yeah. They will invite you. I mean, they really appreciate Japanese really um, uh, before more and uh, they're less used to that, but, they're really amazed by foreigners who are interested in their culture and they're flattered by that. They really yeah. appreciate that people want to know about their culture. So they will do, again, they will go out of the way to, to, feel you, to, to make you feel uh, wanted or comfort, comfort, comfortable 
in that environment. So they will invite you and many times somebody will come to you with broken English or maybe he, somebody else, they will be with good English, but they will come and explain you what's going on and, oh, nice. and, and they will make you in. And you know, um, when it comes to the festivals around uh, when Japanese go and drink, uh, sometimes they put tables out and they drink and they will want you to drink with them. And if you hold some beer in your hand, they'll invite you and they will, or they will give you theirs or they will uh, introduce you to uh, the local, what they, um, local spirits, we call them shochu, which is not as famous as sake and uh, sake is famous, but yeah. uh, shochu. So they will invite you to try that. And, and or they will try, uh, they say, come and try this food. This is our local food. They will be very proud to show it and they will want you to be part of it. So it's, okay. it's really fascinating. And if you go into, if you choose the right one, you can see amazing things because they can be very interesting festivals. Yeah. That's, that's really, I really, I really want to just go over there now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this year we cannot travel internationally. So we are talking now about uh, what to do. Um, I was talking with my wife earlier about going places. So, um, yeah, probably we'll, we'll enjoy this time um, here in Japan, some festivals. Absolutely. Very good. Well, Avi, I think we've reached the end of our time for this week. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're at the mark Thank again. Thank you so much for uh, for again sharing your insights with us this week and giving us a little Thank bit you. of a, a glimpse of, um, of a little bit more of what Japan can offer. Um, and obviously, you know, this, this is this is you know this is what you've been doing for uh, for quite some time now. And uh, I guess we could sort of say to everybody out there, windows to Japan. You know, this is this is. I think Japan is one of those destinations that you really do need to know what you're doing and have the right experts when you're planning. A trip to Japan and I guess that's where you come to your own right Avi? Yeah um, I will say you know I, I told you last time and uh, even when people travel with us uh, in the beginning there were some people who um, said we don't need a guide we'll do it ourselves and we saw the very different even though we planned the tour for them we saw the huge uh, uh, feedback we got uh, the difference between feedback when you have a good guide or you don't have a guide at all, or you had, uh, don't have to have guide every day, but when they had at least one or two days of guiding, so they could understand, because Japan is not easy to understand. I told you, it's a country behind veils, behind screens. It's not an easy thing, even when we talk with each other in Japan. It's, it, the way we talk, it's, 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 it's not uh, open in the mm -hmm. usual way. So it's not easy to understand the culture, and it's a very different one. So we really need, you need that uh, eye-opener, and the tools to, to be able to see that. So it's good to have that, uh, absolutely. Very good. Well, we'd advise uh, everybody out there to, uh, everybody listening to, to visit windowstojapan.com. That's correct, isn't it, Avi? Yeah. Make sure yeah. I get the website right. <laughs> um, but please do, please do visit the website. And obviously, if you are considering a trip to Japan during the low seasons, then obviously reach out to Avi and the, the team at Windows to Japan and they'll show you how to get the most out of your trip to Japan. I, I will just say that we chose, um, uh, uh, we work only with partners. We don't work directly with guests. So ah, they can come to you and you uh, will work together on that. Or uh, we can direct them to somebody in their area that uh, we trust and we work with uh, to work together. Um, for different reasons, especially because we do something very um, uh, we create a very specific, um, ex uh, not specific, but very unique experiences and very, um, I call them the handcrafted uh, uh, experiences to each guest. We want to talk with people who, who we speak the language, uh, the professional language with. 
I think it's probably our partners at uh, Designer Travel here in the UK um, mm -hmm. who would be able to to book those experiences. But again, what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll find out where it's best for people to to go to here in the UK and also in in the US as well. And um, I'll post I'll post links up on the post when we release. But this again, definitely they can contact us directly. And we we will um, explain them and we can find the right way for each one personally. To, to perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Avi, thank you so much. Hope you have a lovely weekend. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, we're coming into low season now in Japan, so I hope you uh, you enjoy the quiet times uh, there, although I know Absolutely. personally you're very busy, you and the team. Uh, yeah. But thank you so much again for sharing your insights with us. It's what been pleasure. absolutely amazing. Thank you. Enjoy the day. So there you have it. Huge thanks again to Avi from Windows to Japan. And please do visit the windowstojapan.com website to learn all about the culturally rich low season tours which Avi and his team provide. In the next episode, we head over to Morocco to learn tales of the bazaars, Berbers, Tajines, Tangier, and of course the mighty Atlas Mountains. So please do join us for that episode. If you haven't already done so, please do like and follow the Low Season Traveller pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter to see all of our new Japanese content and also for your opportunity to win an incredible five-star luxury stay in Japan. Finally this week, we launched Low Season Traveller TV and went live on Facebook to South Africa during their low season. Find out how we got on by following our Low Season Traveller page on Facebook and join us next week as we go live to Botswana. Should be a great episode. So that's our podcast for today. Thanks always for your company. Uh, have a great week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Keep your travel dreams alive and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family and social networks. And finally, remember that now more than ever, travel is better without the crowds. <laughs>